Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Every week we bring you insights into film, television, online video, VR and so much more. This week we're going to be talking about creative direction, motion design, animation, 2D character design, 3D, teams, studios, culture, even an explainer video. This week, I'm so proud and honoured to have Gareth O'Brien on the show. Thanks for being here, Gareth. No worries. Thanks for having me. Gareth, you're creative director at Buck Sydney. Yep. I don't know who would not have heard of Buck, but for those out there, do you want to tell us about Buck and what your role is at Buck in Sydney? Yeah, sure. So we're, I mean, we're a design and animation studio. We've got offices in LA, New York, and most recently in Sydney. Um, and I guess we're really, you know, since day dub, we've just been design focused um, and putting a lot of effort um, into the creative and into um, good design. Um, and my role here as creative director has kind of been changing. Over the, we've been here for three years now, um, and it's kind of I've got to slowly kind of grow with the studio here. Um, but at the moment, I guess it's it's overseeing all of the jobs. Um, having all the client interactions and um, occasionally hitting the road trying to drum up new work. A huge role. And this is, Buck Sydney has been there for three years and you've seen that growth over that time. But you were in Buck in the United States as well and early on and saw the growth there too. Exactly. Yeah, I've been at Buck for over a decade, (laughs) which is crazy. Yeah, I, I started in New York. I started off as a as an animator um, and at the time there's three of us in the office there um, they've gone on to grow to around 30 odd people and I just kind of naturally grew with the company I went from being an animator to an animation director and then I learned design on the job and um, at some point I got kind of sick of de- animating other people's stuff and just wanted to learn something new and so I learned from all the people there, learned design, and then became an art director and then an associate creative director. And then when I went to leave, they offered me the position over here to start a new studio. We're going to talk about some of the work that you've produced at Buck later. I just want to touch on Buck itself as a company in the industry. It is one of the top companies in the world and the work that you produce over all the offices is epic, outstanding, inspirational, aspirational for the whole industry. And you've seen, you know, going from three and New York's got 30 and LA's like more than double that Mm. as a studio. And now with Sydney, what is the culture of Buck and being there for over a decade, you would have seen that culture shift and change. And yeah, I, I know that it's really important for a company to know what a culture is and to grow and support that culture, not only as a whole company across the globe, but the individual offices. So can you talk about the culture? Yeah, of I mean, you know, we've always talked about culture being really important to the company. And I think my point of view now is that the, the culture of, of the studio is different in every studio and it really stems from what the people who work there want from the studio, right? Um, and so the culture here might be slightly different to New York and different to LA. Um, you know, I think, you know, part of it is is what we want to do is, is create a place where people really want to come every day and 
we want to be, you know, everyone wants to be doing the most, um, the, the coolest kind of work that they can be doing. And so part of that is us providing with a, a really fun and creative space for them to be themselves and to be able to challenge themselves and, and grow. And I think part of it is too, having a life outside of work uh, where you can hang out. So, you know, we've done the occasional um, trip or we've gone out for drinks after work and that sort of thing. I think that's important too, just to realise that it's not all, life isn't so serious and you can have some laughs, you know, outside of work as well. And in New York, that just naturally happened because there was a lot of us from overseas that were new to New York. And so we got to kind of discover the city together and go out on the weekends and hang out because we didn't really have any friends. <laughs> you know? So we, we really needed each other. And so we through that, we formed quite a, a strong bond um, between us, between the, the staff. Uh, it's really obvious the places that bond, um, friendship, and what ultimately becomes family, where that is evident and present. I've, it's a huge part of what I try to do with my team. And even last Friday, you know, it's so hard to pull yourself out of the office, but to finish up early so that it's, it's, um, it's not on everybody else's time as well to just have a few beers and sort of just say mm. thanks for all the hard work because you, totally. it can be quite an easy thing to just roll from one project to the next and get into this grind of it. Yes, definitely. And that, that happens sometimes, I think. And, you know, hearing you say family, I think that's a good way of, of thinking about it. You, tr you try and get that kind of feeling out of your team. But I, the, the, other, the, the other thing that it makes me realize is that we've all, there's a lot of people that have been a buck for a while and now we've all got families. And so, <laughs> so what once, you know, the culture for us used to be, you know, heading out on the weekends together. Now it's more focused on our own families and getting home on time. So I think it kind of shifts and changes, changes as you go. And I think, you know, my my social life with the guys here is different now simply because I have a family. These guys are all going out together, you know, and I'm trying to get home on time. But I think it is important for me to, you know, have, have some beers every now and then with, with the guys, uh, which I try and do. But it's, it's kind of tricky because, you know, you, you do want to see your kids growing up as well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that with, uh, well, young and um, a little bit more mature with the boys at high school now. <laughs> and oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy, crazy time. Totally different with the uh, oldest one just getting his learner's license. So got to get my insurance changed. But <laughs> wow. as you go Terrifying. through that. Yeah. As you go through Terrifying. that. <laughs> I remember driving my parents' car and uh, writing that one off. So, yeah, let's yeah, hope that doesn't. Me too, me too. <laughs> um, going through that change, it feels like that's happening in the motion design industry as well. Yeah. As definitely. the maturing of the whole industry, the focus and what people want out of our careers is shifting as well, not just at individual studios. Yep, yep, I agree. I think on many fronts, you know, it's like the – and you hear this a lot on, on these podcasts, you know, the motion podcasts, that the, the all-nighter isn't so much a, a badge anymore that you want to have. It's more the not doing all-nighters, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's maturing for sure and, and shifting. So, teams, you've got 12, 12 people at Bucks and Nina? That's a good question. I reckon we might be up to 14 now. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a number from a few months ago that I had. So a strong growth there in Sydney as well in pretty short space of time, which is awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. We've, um, you know, we've tried to, 
but you know we're not intentionally growing we're just trying to do as, as much of the local work that we can and if, if that means hiring more people then we've been doing that we we don't have a as much of a pool of freelancers that they have in the states and so we've had to you know make sure that we've got enough staff to take on the work when it comes in the door and with the support of the other officers it must be really um it must make you a lot more secure knowing that they are there, but it's really hard being in the, uh, the arse end of the world where the time <laughs> zones really do hurt sometimes and they can really help. But yeah, it's a difficult one to navigate too. Uh, yeah. I, I don't find it too bad to be honest. You know, we, we've been working with Lara who was here for a while and she went back to the UK. Um, she's still staff with us and, um, so we, we chat to her mainly via Slack now, um, at the end of every day and we come in the morning and she's got stuff there for us. Uh, we touch base with the, the other officers once a week on a, on a Friday, Friday morning. So, um, Thursday evening for them. Um, so if I, I, I see that it's more beneficial, um, or it, it can, it's, it's not, it's not a hindrance at all, you know? Are you, yeah. look, are you looking at potentially having um, freelancers who are more global? Because there's a conversation about being able to do projects and work um, from wherever because of technology. Sure. What's the real reality f- as you might see that? Um, I would much rather work with someone in the studio. I've, I have, we have done jobs, you know, when, when we can't find anyone locally, we've worked offsite and it works, it works fine. But it takes a lot more time, you know, instead of having one meeting to, the, to a team, you're having a meeting with the team and then you're briefing someone else on the other side of the world. Now, that could be a phone call, which is a bit faster, or it might be writing an email or a Slack message, which, and, you know, stuff can get lost in um, interpretation. And, and, you know, the other thing is, you know, we have a, like I said, we have a great relationship with Lara, so we know, we know what to expect from her. And, um, but with, off-site freelancers, if, if they misunderstand what you've asked them to do, you literally lose a day worth of work. Whereas if they're in the office, you can see within, you know, by looking over their shoulder if, where they're heading. I would much rather work with people in the office, although it can be done and we have done it quite a bit. I'd like to talk about your team a little bit more before we move on. What are the different roles in your team? Really interested to know what Buck Sydney has there. Yeah, so we have we have an amazing team. We're mostly we're probably three quarters two D. Um, we have a handful of guys. They're all amazing designers um, and animators. They can all design um, and you know Illustrator and Photoshop, and then they can all use After Effects. And then the majority of them can um, are great in at Cell as well. So frame by frame animation um, and. Most of our jobs, you know, use a mix of those guys. Um, Lucas leads leads that team. Uh, he's another Kiwi guy, um, and who I know you've met at Node. Yep, and he's and, well known internationally. Lucas yeah, Brooker. yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah he's he's amazing. Um, but yeah, so we've got you know maybe about eight of them, and then we've got a very small three D team. There, you know, Elijah and Michael kind of head that up. We've just hired another guy, Chong. And so what we do for 3D is they get us through the smaller jobs. If we want a big job for 3D, we'll use freelancers in the city um, to kind of to grow a little bit when we need to. And then we also have um, Erica, who's our EP, and Jordan, our producer and studio manager. Awesome. 
So Woolmark is a 3D project that is on the Buck website that is just stunning and beautiful, that is a real example of top 3D work. And I'm guessing that the team had to build out with some freelancers to do that one initially. And Massively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And did you manage to retain some of those after growing, some of the people? Well, yeah, that's, that's an interesting project because that was one of our first jobs that we did here in Sydney. Um, and the attraction of that was they had this huge timeline. I think they had six months or seven months. Um, the challenge there was neither Lucas or myself had uh, worked on a 3D job before. Um, and so um, that was also the attraction and is that we would, you know, we kind of needed to if we wanted to do this kind of work. And so we saw it as a massive opportunity to, to for us to learn how to work in 3D and also to find some local talent. And off the back of that, we hired um, Elijah, who's, um, uh, you know, is an integral part of our team today. Awesome. Um, well, and we also got to learn who we who we like working with locally and, and, yeah. and who we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um, tying back to that family thing. Sometimes there can just be relationship differences and you love, but you also get into a few odd little uh disagreements here and there <laughs> it's part of growing as a business is dealing with personality types and yeah. holding that culture of of what buck is when choosing new members it must be a really big um, decision to make who you're going to bring into that culture because it can shift it really quickly yeah i think we've been really fortunate i think you know you, you before you hire someone you, you you chat to them and and i think you get a pretty good sense of who they are but our whole team is is awesome. We yeah. change change one of them. Yeah, the work that you you produce is awesome, and just in love with all of the two D character design animation. Um, there's so many different projects that we could um, discuss. I really wanted to talk about blockchain because that was an explainer video and a lot of people out there will have done explainer videos and that will be a large part of their business. But a buck explainer video is quite different than any other that I have seen with the amount of work, character design and animation that went into what was 1 minute 33 jam-packed animation. Do you mind sort of explaining what the blockchain project was? Sure. Yeah. So that the challenge with that project, and I guess with a lot of explainers, is how do you make a pretty dull subject entertaining, right? Like, <laughs> how can you how can you bring to life something that's talking about um, real estate, <laughs> essentially? You know, so the Dubai government, what they're doing is when you when you buy a house or rent a house your electricity, your internet, you know, all these things that, that you have to do when you set up a house, they're bringing it all into the one place. So it's a really cool service. Instead of, you know, going out to, to get all of these um, things separately, you can just do it in, in one um, location. And this is something that, that they want, that they needed to explain to the public um, exactly what they were doing. And so pretty dry script. We were fortunate that, um, that, the agency that we work with were happy for us to make some little tweaks to the script. Um, and there was a bit of back and forth over that. And I think what we were trying to add is a little bit more of a human feeling to it and a little bit of a smile or a wink every now and then. Um, an example of that is the end, they have, there's a scene where they're having a moving in party and our initial storyboards were, were, they were having a pumping party, you know, they were dancing and that sort of thing. And then of course, um, they 
pulled us back and we ended up with a dinner party. So there was back and forth the whole way through um, and they had they were, they were really into all of our changes and the whole process went very uh, smoothly. Um, let me think. An- another cool section here was thinking about that project. There's a section where you have an app and you have a hand and the hand is going to be looking at the device, choosing different couches for your house. And it's about, I think, maybe 10 seconds long. And, you know, how many explainer videos have we seen where there's a hand holding a device, you know? <laughs> yeah. And so I think that the guys came out with a really clever solution there. So instead of seeing um, a hand holding an app, just choosing couches, you see our two hero characters sitting on a couch and then one of the characters, the girl, will kind of choose something on her phone and you see the whole scene kind of suddenly change and they're now sitting on another couch and then the guy changes it. And you have this really nice interplay between the two characters where you see the guy's tastes and the girl's taste and then the girl puts the guy on this tiny little stool and then he's all cramped up. So it's a really fun, it's probably my favourite part of the whole script and it's, I think it's a really good example of you know, it doesn't have to just be what, what you're briefed and you can kind of push it further and make something entertaining sometimes, you know, sometimes I guess that the client's not going to want that. But um, I think the other thing that the guys did really well in this job is the design is amazing and it's it feels a bit more, I guess, adult and they're very colourful colours, but there's something sophisticated about it, which I really like. Yeah. And I think that really just comes down to the design decisions that, that everyone made. Yeah, it's an awesome piece and we'll have the link in the show notes as well as the other work that we talk about. Talking on the point that you just said, that's where the buzz comes when you can visualise a point of communication differently. When you've seen what you say, an app with the screen sliding, but actually reimagining that communication and that that's what the work is that we're ultimately doing is it's communicating something um mm-hmm. finding those moments of joy and finding a new way of doing it that's what is really interesting to me and it's looking at companies like buck who are always the leaders of finding new visual styles and techniques and treatments in communication how hard is it to keep beating yourself you know, you're growing and and producing work that right. keeps lifting the bar. There must be a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, I guess I'm a pretty competitive guy, <laughs> just naturally. And so I think one of my goals, you know, when we started the office here, the first goal was I want to produce work that is on a par with what they're doing in the States, which was terrifying because there's a huge team over there with amazingly talented artists who are producing top-notch work. And so, you know, that was the first challenge. And I think, you know, just getting something on the on the Buck website felt really good, you know. So, you know, Walmart was, I think, the first example of that. Um, and I, I think that I see, I see similarities between in the office here. And if we take blockchain as an example, I think if you can give someone ownership over something and they're sitting next to someone else who has ownership over something else, there's this natural tendency to, to want to push yourself and be as good as the person next to you, if not better, you know. Yeah. And so what we often do is, you know, for blockchain, once it's been storyboarded and designed, and we'll split up that into, into amongst different people. Um, and the same is true for animation. And so there'll be an animator that will be given a shot. The person animating that shot wants it to be as good as all the other shots. And there's this kind of real buzz and this real kind of growth uh, throughout the project where everyone's kind of pushing each other just because 
for the love of it, I think, yeah. you know, and I think there's lots of examples in there where people went the extra mile, like I'm, I'm looking at it now. There's that last scene which Sam animated and there's that little boy out the front who chucks up a tomato and catches it in his mouth. It's just, you know, all those little details. That was literally just probably Sam just having that idea and just adding that nice little touch to the piece that elevates it to another place. Living in that last 20% zone as much as you can to polish and bring love to it. Yeah, it's always the part where a piece of work flourishes. I was really interested in understanding how a project like that does get split up because there are so many scenes and so many transitions Mm. and keeping this as a creative director, keeping the consistency. So the mood and the feeling and the style flowing through the piece has some consistency. I'd love to sort of hear from you as a creative director, how you manage that. Sure. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess, you know, obviously it changes with every job. I guess let's just talk about blockchain since, since we're talking about that as an example. So, for this, I believe, you know, with storyboarding, we we brief as many people as we can at the start of the process. We look at the script together and then we break up and kind of all go away and either storyboard ideas on our own or team up with people. And that's really up to the artist. You know, some people prefer to bounce ideas off each other sitting on a couch. Others prefer to go away and just kind of nut it out on their own. We come back, we put those all of those ideas on the table and we ultimately choose the best one. Or maybe a, a couple and we let the, the client see a couple of options. But usually we're going to choose one, one idea. And once we kind of get the general vibe of it, we, we divide up. We might divide up sections. So, you know, say, okay, Sam, you take this part of the script. Will you take this part? I believe, for my memory is pretty bad at the best of times, but I believe we probably had a few people um, storyboarding this. And, you know, overseeing the whole thing uh, for this job was Lucas. He's kind of helping make sure that it's all kind of work, you know, working towards the, the same vision. Um, he started off the, the design process for this and he started off doing some doing characters. And so he designed a guy and a girl. Um, and we weren't, you know, this was for this was a job made for um, the Dubai government. And we weren't sure, you know, how Western they wanted it versus kind of localized. And so we we gave them like I think a sheet of six six people like six guys six girls uh, to start with, and they um, in this case we were very fortunate they just loved them all they were like yep 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 um, they wanted us to change the outfit on the guy and so we went back kind of like playing with a, a you know Mr Potato Head or a Ken doll you know just going back with some options you know which is very easy to do in this two D two D world. Um, so once Lucas had the characters, he then took some key scenes and designed them. And, um, once they had been approved and we had all the storyboards, we then, um, split the design work up between ourselves. I even got to design a frame. Oh, nice. (laughs) Uh Um, so we, I mean, we just have, I guess we have really, um, we're very lucky. We just have talented designers who can take 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 a style frame and execute it. And there's, there's always a bit of back and forwards. We sit down, you know, oh, this one looks a little bit different for, for this reason. And everyone's mature and can take feedback and just change their frame. And so I don't think we had too many problems there simply because um, of the people we we're working with. Um, and then animation, like I said, we, we divided this up into sections. So 
you know, the first section was, was animated by Matthias and then that went into a section animated by Scotty and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and we, we have a, you know, a production sheet, a Google sheet, which, which tracks all of this, um, which Jordan and Erica help us update. And that, that gives you a snapshot of how it's going. You know, it's all color coded. So if you see lots of green, that's great. If you see lots of orange, that means there's lots of client changes. So, um, that's, that's always going on the, on the background and helps us plan our time and make sure we're on track. Awesome. Positive critique. Um, your team, obviously outstanding professionals who can handle that. Uh, it's always interesting seeing uh, new talent coming in and the, how personal you can get about your work and then coming yes. to maturity of being able to handle a positive critique and then pull the insights out of it and take it from there. Yeah, it's something that everyone has to learn at some point. Yeah, you just have to learn the hard way. I think. You have to learn by people pulling apart your work and yeah. and going and having them some time <laughs> to digest that. And yeah, it's very different from doing that in a in a studio like Buck versus putting some work online and t- getting feedback. So I personally really wouldn't wouldn't even contemplate taking any feedback from online unless it's someone you truly trust. But there are some places that I would, and one of those places would be in Slack groups where you can actually get to know people a little bit more. And I know that Slack is an important part of Buck, but also there are communities around motion design that are popping up all over the place in Slack. And mm-hmm. I know that you're involved in the, um, the NodeFest Slack as well. So I've, whereas that's where I first started chatting to you personally. Yeah, I, I find it, you know, I was all gung-ho about about that and, and trying to get amongst it, but I just find, I, I struggle to find the time to, to keep up. I, you know, I'm, I'm all over the, our internal buck slack and, you know, I read every message there, but I've found it, you know, it hard to keep up with the, with the node one and the pro video one simply because of the amount of hours in the day, you know? Yeah. But I, what I do think it's, it's re- what I really like about it is, that it's a really easy and fast way for me to communicate with people like you. So I really like it for the direct messages. Like if someone directs messages me, it's um, it's really a, a handy tool. I must, yeah, but like I said, I, I'm not very good at keeping up with all of the messages on those things. It's just like keeping up with social media and it's just oh, intense. <laughs> yeah, just oversaturation, yeah. Yeah, so you got to pick choosely what those um, points of contact you take on because, yeah, um, balancing work, family, and then social media in whatever form is <laughs> such a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bit of a – I'm all out there, but I've found little ways to make it work for me. Doing this podcast was really an opportunity for me to connect with people globally. And you were the first time that I got that feeling of, wow, I'm actually connecting through this podcast because I had a client meeting one day and unfortunately I had to attend it. It was a conference called a Wellington, important one, but the downfall was that I couldn't attend a presentation by Buck Sydney, who had come into the Auckland office to show the creators and the content team their work, and you were leading that as creative director, and I was so gutted that day <laughs> that I couldn't make yeah, I was it. gutted too. I, I wanted to meet someone famous like yourself. <laughs> and, and I, I, I remember asking, I was like, where's, wait, where's Blair? What? <laughs> 
Uh, and uh, yeah, one of my producers said, "Oh, Gareth was um, keen to keen to meet," and I was like, "Oh, damn!" So the first thing I did was um, jump on the Slack and say, "Oh, so awesome that you're listening!" And you were literally the first person internationally that I had got that recognition from a large studio. So thanks for that. Made oh, me no feel worries. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a big. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I'm I'm a bit of a podcast nut, and so yeah, I love it. Motion New Zealand podcast tick tick tick. Yeah, because you are from Wellington, New Zealand, so you're a fellow Kiwi who's made yeah. good in the big bad world. Sure is. Yep, I grew up in um, in the Akatara Valley, which is north of Upper Hutt. And my sister is. Um, she lives in Wellington. She's in um, Lower Hutt, and so I spent New Year's with her, and we had some mean summer days there. But unlike Wellington, to produce weather of that outstanding quality. Yes, yes, very unlikely. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I got there. Um, I was there for Christmas and New Year's as well. Uh, not a bit of Wellington, bit of Wanaka, and yeah, I, all, all. I mean, the whole country was just talking about how great the summer had been this year. You guys must have had a good one. Uh, November, De- December start was. It was insane. It was insane. It was, um, it was the water temperature had just produced the, – the oceans were producing this really hot weather. We were in the 30 degrees Celsius. But, um, yeah, everyone's like, summer's going to last forever. And then <laughs> Christmas came and so did the rain. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone it's, – it's like, you know, it's the worst when you, when you have someone come over from another country like we did and they're just like, oh – you don't believe us, it was amazing. <laughs> but we managed to dodge some bullets and we had a great time. We had some good weather. And then I got to meet you in person at Node and uh, Lucas as well because you were speaking at Node and we'll have a link to your Node presentation that you did with Lucas. It was so cool to meet you guys in person there. Yeah, that was a blast. We had we had a, we had a fun time down there. Um, Love that sort of thing um, and really keen to, to get amongst the community here so you know hence me wanting to hence me joining up all these slag groups as well like trying to get out there but um yeah that was really a really fun weekend it was such an amazing weekend i raved on and on about it but that's because in uh, you know 17 odd years i've never experienced something like that that's just focused on motion you know lots of very variations of motion design but every speaker had something amazing to present to the audience and quite different as well in your guys' presentation, I love it because you split it up into 12 different sections and it just had a really good tempo to it where you're giving some real nuggets, but it wasn't um, one presentation about one specific project, as it were. So I definitely ask everybody, go check out the um, presentation because you show some amazing work that Buck has produced as well, such as the Holden Project and Nike Athlete as well that you both discussed. Yeah, yeah. We we had options, I guess, and because we we're both talking, we just thought like, the best way to do it is, is to just split it up and, like you said, just give little nuggets and people. I think the way notes set up, we were confident that people could always come and chat to us if they wanted to learn more. You know, instead of just spending the whole talk talking about one project. Um, and so I, th- I think it went well. It, it was it was definitely fun. Yeah, it definitely definitely went well. And Node, as you said, it's a great opportunity to meet up with the industry, but also to, I think it's just going to, for Australasia, be that time that you can meet people and get an understanding of personalities and then um, through the Slack, see what people are up to. 
I met somebody having a beer outside who was from Auckland and a freelancer, and I'd never met him, and he hadn't heard of um, of me, much to my surprise. But <laughs> so modest, so modest. What? Who is this um, ended up hiring them. So, yeah. well, that's amazing. I hired someone too. Yeah. It's a great place to really connect with people who are looking yeah. for talent. And the personal side of this industry is so important. So it's a great opportunity to really get to know someone in a short space of time too. Yeah, it is. I, um, I had found this guy's Instagram and I realized that he was from Melbourne. And so I had, I had gone and, and kind of searched his name on Google and been checking out his LinkedIn and cut to know that I was at the bar having a beer and this young kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, Gareth, you were, you were um, I, I saw you checking my LinkedIn. And so we got <laughs> chatting and the guy's amazing and we ended up hiring him. So we have a, a similar story to you, I guess. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've told James uh, my story because I think James and Kim just doing something so special for Australasian community and providing Node every year. A huge oh, they're crazy. Project. They're crazy. It must be so much work. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, so, same as you doing this podcast. I think you're crazy. Like it, it's, I, I imagine the workload is huge. You know. Uh, yeah, I have a very supportive <laughs> wife. <laughs> um, yeah, it's 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 a bit of a juggle, and you'd know that because actually I wanted you on a long, long time ago, and we've gone through a bit of a dance, you and I, and trying to actually yep. make this episode happen. So I'm so stoked that right now it's happening. <laughs> made it, <laughs> but that's the reality of when you're running a team or you're running a whole studio, um, just juggling that balance of work and life. And I feel really lucky to work for a company where um, I'm not doing all-nighters, that the work-life balance is really solid and we've got it down. It takes a lot of work to do, make that happen. It does, yeah. It's And, you know, I, I think we've, we've got there too. There's been a couple of hiccups along the way. Um, but for the most part, we have a great work-life balance here and, um, and that just means everyone's, you know, happy and healthy, which is great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you... Um, you need to tell Lucas that I'm coming for him now. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I um, have been waiting. I, I needed to get you on the show. I <laughs> just desperately wanted you on the show. But um, straight after that, I'm like, right, I'm going to go after Lucas and uh, have him because he's he does a lot in the global community as well with um, MoGraph Mentor and just, yeah. Again, it's like finding that time on top of what you're already doing in your work and life. Yeah. No, I think that... Uh, That'll be a great, great episode. He's he's so talented and and humble and and um, yeah, do it in Kiwi. In Kiwi, <laughs> <laughs> highlighting all that New Zealand talent that's out there in the world. Yeah, and there's quite a few. So yeah, I feel really lucky um, to be the only New Zealand podcast that I know that sort of involves motion design and video in a wider sense. So yeah. I now wanted to sort of tie into, you know, we're doing, Lucas is doing MoGraph Mentor, I'm doing the Pro Video Podcast, and a lot of people out there will be doing passion projects of their own. Passion projects for Buck, is there any space for that? Is that a place for growth opportunities as as a studio? Yeah, it's it's always been, you know, part of our DNA. I think um, we've always had the, it's, it's a very loose loose rule but that we'll do a passion project per office per year and so that could be 
you might take it on for creative reasons or you might take it on because it's a good cause. But I think it's, it's really important to, to be able to do that so that if everything you do isn't kind of doesn't have a client necessarily or isn't commercial based. And so, um, you know, the first project we actually did here in Sydney uh, was, was Blend, uh, the Blend title sequence. Um, so that was a free job and it was amazing because it, what, it, what it gave us was this really playground to just kind of go, go nuts and have fun and, and also learn about each other. You know, it's the first time Lex and I had worked together in a long time and um, it's the first time we're working with people like Josh and, and uh, Lev and some other local guys. So, yeah, really important. Um, we also, you know, treated Walmart like a passion project. It had a budget. But what we put into it far exceeded that. It's really a chance for you to, for us to show the world what we want to be doing more of. Um, and that, that seems to have worked for us in the past. I think most, the big, the best example of that is um, we did a job through um, a New Zealand agency, actually, um, uh, Good Books uh, Metamorphosis, which was a big cell animation job. We were really keen to do cell and hadn't done it at the time or hadn't done much of it. We, did, we took that on as a passion project. It went really well. And then for the next year, we just did sell, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, you know, it, it can help you kind of dictate your future in a way. Yeah. 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 Passion projects, bread and butter. Does Buck ever have any bread and butter jobs? Or is <laughs> Because you look oh, at the yeah. website and, and I think that for everybody out there, Presenting your best work is something that you have to do, but the reality of those projects which just um, keep keep a business or a studio ticking over. So Buck does actually have some bread and butter as well? A hundred, yeah, definitely. We do. We do. We I think for the node presentation I'd I'd work I'd kinda of go on into the server and count through all of the jobs that were done and look at how many were on the site. And for memory it was about a third of them were on the site, which is amazing. I think in um, so there's, you know, 66% that are just kind of on our server. Um, and some of those are really amazing jobs. They just don't quite meet the requirements or, you know, they don't, you know, quite cut the mustard for different reasons. Um, so I, I do think, I would say that our bread and butter work is, is pretty good, you know. Um, it's not, it's not, it's all pretty, still pretty sexy work. But, you know, we, we totally, we need to pay the bills as well. We need to pay all the salaries um, and we try to pay our staff really, you know, as, as well as we can. And so that means that every now and then, you you know, we had to keep working. Yeah. yeah. Part of me would love to see those projects and a part of me just doesn't want to ever because it will just make me feel so insecure about what I'm doing. <laughs> because what you do with an explainer video, which could be seen as a very much a bread and butter job, you know, and you lift it to this level that is outstanding. So, Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you know we, we put our all into everything, you know, no matter what it is, even if you know it's it's not going to be that, that cool, um, which I think is important. We we take it pretty seriously, and um, but you know, I, I reckon we've got some ugly stuff we could show you that make feel pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have to plan a trip over to Sydney, bro. <laughs> okay, so. Um, Motion design, animation, 2D, 3D, these are all things that Buck excel at. And typography is such an important part. So looking at, say, the blend titles, the, the project you were talking about before even, type was an essential yeah. element in that. But what love you bring to typography and animation and motion and type is, is next level as well. How important is type 
to Buck and the creative projects you're producing? Good question. I guess it's, you know, it's case by case. Um, I think, you know, of course it's, it's so important. It's like, it's a huge part of graphic design and, and, a, and a part of communication and some projects, I, I think it, more and more with, with Facebook, you know, not, not necessarily having audio, a lot of clients are using type to kind of tell the story, you know, or drive the rhythm or the pacing of the piece. So yeah, type's very important. I would say that, you know, we have, with our designers and animators, I think there are some people that are really drawn more to, to typography and have more sensibility towards it than others, and others are maybe more illustration-focused. Um, and so I think if, if you do get a, 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 a job that has an emphasis on type, you want to make sure that the right person is, is on that yeah. job. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know for myself that type is such an important element in an advertising agency and the work that we produce. But picking up that point about Facebook, it's a medium that more of the work is going to, but also when creating the work, as you say, the work might not have any audio, but it's also that scrolling nature that you have to find something in that first few seconds to really draw somebody to right. view it. Mm-hmm. Are you finding that social media and those places putting work, that's coming into your thought process or is it more just making sure that the overall piece is strong in itself? Yeah, I think to, I think it's more that we focus on the overall piece yeah. and I think we look at it as if best case scenario, people are going to be listening to it, <laughs> you know, and watching it on a really nice monitor. Um, and, you know, typically what we'll get is we'll get okay, here's the 60, oh, but we also want to cut down, oh, and we also want 10 looping gifts for Instagram, and it needs to work on Facebook as well, right? And so we'll, we'll probably concentrate mostly on that, um, on the piece, but we'll also have to start thinking about all these other things, like how are we going to make 10 looping, you know, gifts for Instagram or whatever. Yeah. But I, to be honest, we don't really spend too much time thinking about grabbing people's attention when, you know, when they're on Facebook scrolling, yep. unless it's been, uh, uh, unless we've been briefed to do that. And some of the work you do is in, on a canvas that is just exceptional, such as at a tennis open, such as oh, that Aperol work. Yeah. And yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, a canvas which is really different to a 16 by 9 HD video, quite, quite a different output for that one too. So fun, yeah, so fun. So they were three three hundred and sixty degree screens uh, that went around the tennis courts in Melbourne, and the three courts, uh, the three main courts, were all di- had different dimensions. And so that was a challenge of how do we make something that's modular, but it feels like it's custom to the space. And we had a you know essentially a, a tennis ball bouncing around the screens, and we wanted it to interact with the space. So instead of going through a doorway, it would roll along the top of a doorway. Um, so I, I mean, I really enjoy those those parts of jobs where they, where you're kind of challenged and have to do a bit of maths. And yeah, um, so that was really fun project, um, very challenging um, budget wise as well. And so we had to be very clever about how we went about it, um, but lots of fun. And I think we we got to go down there and and see it. Um, and you know, to be honest, I think it, it, as amazing as it looked, it was maybe too small and detailed for the environment you know if you were up the back it was a little bit tricky to see what was going on 
And so you just kind of have to take that in and learn from it. And we we recently did some animations for Coke uh, for the this insane uh, stadium in Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And these screens were something insane, like nine stories high, some of them, massive screens. And so we kind of, we were able to take what we learned from Aperol or from the tennis open and apply that to a job where we reduced everything down to big, bold graphic shapes. Um, and that was really successful. Yeah. Awesome. I'm hearing more and more from studios across the world how these new canvases are becoming just more of the work output and ending up there. It's a really interesting one. I've seen a project recently by um, Assembly for the Auckland Harbour Bridge. Which is oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. 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 Really, really awkward bloody canvas to work on. Yeah, that's a weird one, eh? Yeah, yeah. That was the lights kind of going yeah. across the bridge. Yeah, cool. Yeah, um, Johnny um, Johnny was on the show. Johnny Coford, um, really early on the show, episode four. So check out that one, everybody. Amazing design studio here in Auckland, New Zealand. But it's just really thin strips of light that you could work on the framework of the Harbour Bridge. And it's not even um, balanced, one side is bigger than the other side oh, if you really? actually look at the bridge. Yeah, so... Oh, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> that would, my OCD would just be... Yeah. yeah, of course, of course nothing's quite, quite symmetrical in Auckland. But anyway, moving <laughs> on. And now it's time for the Pro Video Picks. We've come to that time of the show. At the end of the show, we have Pro Video Picks. It's a really great opportunity to see what inspires you, what you're looking at, who you're following. So we'll start off, Gareth, with your pro video pick for the week. What's yours, mate? Mine is incredibly nerdy. Mine is to get to work early. Nice. So I recently, I'll just expand on that a little bit. I recently changed my work hours so that I could um, be home earlier so I could see my kids um, and have dinner with them. And Lucas has been coming into the office an hour before everyone since we started. And every now and then he'll tell me that it's his favorite part of the day. And I can assure you it is now my favorite part of the day because I get to just come in, I make myself a coffee, and I just ease into the day. You know, I, I can look at what we did yesterday, look at um, what we need to do today, and just plan my whole day compared to getting in here at the same time as everyone else and just hitting the ground running and having to, you know, <laughs> just kind of shoot from the hip. Yeah. So, yeah, I've found that to be really, really helpful. And on the plus side, I get to leave for before everyone else, which is, <laughs> which is nice when it works, you know. Yeah. I take the good with the bad, and obviously sometimes that um, doesn't pan out, but that's my pick. That's a good one. That's a really good one. I I could see how that would be a great time, and I'm just thinking of all the things that I could get time, done in that time. I have to drop uh, the oldest to high school, so it's a little bit too far to walk, unfortunately. Yes. So sure. maybe the oldest one, once he gets his license, can uh, get a car and do that for me, and then I can take <laughs> it. <laughs> can drop you off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be even better. Then I can have a few beers and catch a catch a <laughs> bus home myself. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a hard one finding that time in the evening with young kids. Just you. Know, when you're at work all day and you just want to want to see them, and I know with my youngest son, it's um, he's usually quite tired at that time too. You kind of get the uh, cranky mm. end of the day sometimes. Oh well, our problem was more. I would get home, you know, I would get home right when they're heading to bed, yeah. and when I get home, I would just like the the energy would just get cranked right up. I'd want to play with them. They'd want to play with me, 
and we're really frustrated my wife because you know she, all she wants to do is get them into into bed yeah. and have them have them go to sleep and so it's kind of solved that problem i get to go home and like have a laugh and have a wrestle and have some tears before before they go to bed nice and they'll they'll yeah. you know that last bit of energy and they'll have a good sleep so win 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 exactly (laughs) when it it works as you know it doesn't always go to plan (laughs) oh yeah I know I know (laughs) inspirational video do you have a um, piece of video or TV show or film anything you'd like that you'd like to share with everybody I do I saw this I saw a video which is no longer online because it's doing the circuits at the you know the festivals cool but um, I'm not sure if you know Ned Wenlock he's Rollo's I do not personally I definitely know of him though yeah amazing work um, he's had some great ones in the past and since you know Wait for Spring Jam it's a really cool uh, short film he's got some you know great great storytelling and you know design and animation and it's all got a Kiwi flavour to it so that's really awesome and I'll send you the link but also since that's not since you can't see that yet um, check out River Studies which is another piece he did um, which it looks like he's he's working on another um, personal project and it's just a really beautiful study of an animated river with some really cool techniques in there Awesome, that sounds like such a good piece to um, link people to and update the show when it is available but um, you just made me think I do need to get Ned on the show Rollo was on an early show actually and Rollo is the CEO um, founder of Whipster the review tool based out of that Wellington was, that was my gateway into into listening to this podcast oh. I, I went with Rollo back in Wellington a long time ago um, and someone sent me a text saying oh check out this podcast Rollo's on and then of course I you know I know Johnny as well so I wanted to listen to that one too so that, just, that, that got me into the show nice mm. nice it's, it's cool to hear that yeah um Okay, so inspiration. I, I had a different question, but I wanted to grow this after talking with Kerry Smith of Division 5, whose episode is coming out tomorrow. And it's really about where you find inspiration now. So it could be a website, it could be whatever. Yeah. So it's a, it's a little bit of a looser one, just to kind of get a little, little bit of a different answer. So what would well, be your it's inspiration? Listening enough of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, my, my answer is podcasts, and that you know, you, this has changed over the years. And for me, the great thing about podcasts is I get to kill two birds with one stone. So I can do it on the commute. On the commute, I can do it when I'm going for a run or a bike or whatever. And it's you know, I, I don't. I used to watch. I, I used to look at blogs, and then I kind of moved into Vimeo. And it's just so time consuming. And so now I just listen to it while I'm doing something else. Yeah. And it's also, I think for me, it's, it's a much wider kind of gamut of, of topics. And it's, it's not just restricted to uh, motion design. You know, I listen to a lot of those. Um, but I also, you know, I love the, I don't know, like things like Serial and Atlanta, yeah. Mon- Atlanta Monster and all those kind of detective ones. And I, yeah, I, I'm enjoying all of the, all the podcasts out there at the moment. That's an awesome one. I, yeah, it's why I'm doing a podcast. I, <laughs> <You're like her>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was listening to them early on myself, and that was through um, FX PhD, which is um, based out of Australia and the US. Um, they had podcasts every week for people who were signed up doing the courses. That's what got me into podcasting. That was like, oh, coming up 12 years ago now. So, yeah. yeah. Well, the first one I started with was um, This American Life. Yeah. 
And then after that, when Gimlet Media started, I started listening to all of those, like Startup and all of that and Reply All and, you know, lots lots and lots of great shows out there. But it, it does seem to have really kind of boomed in the last couple of years. Yeah, definitely has. I think um, it's it's knowing how hard it is to make one. It's, it's the ones that last after um, they used to say if you lasted to 25, you're solid and you're going to be yeah. in it for the long haul. Now they say if you can make 50, you might be okay. What, what are you at? What are you at? Um, so Kerry's is 47 and you're next week, so they'll be 48. Oh, you're going to reset the half century. Getting close, getting close. Yeah. Don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast ends at 49. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm done. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Following, who are you following online? Um, so following, I mainly follow people on Instagram. I mainly follow people that I have worked with in the past um, and have a relation, you know, personal relationship with. Um, and I was looking through my feed trying to find someone that I could um, pass on to you. And there's so many people from Buck that I follow that every now and then they put something interesting from work out, but the majority of it is just kids. But I have, you know, kid photos, <laughs> family photos or, or whatever. But I do have, um, that. I mentioned earlier that I hired someone at Node, young kid, amazingly talented designer animator called Glenn, and he is really good on the Instagram. He, he updates it every week with some character studies and some of it's just design, some's animation, and so I'm going to chuck his name out there. So you go follow him. He's... um. He's pretty active, and it's awesome. all work, no play. Awesome. What's Glenn's last name? Morales. Okay, I might get, have to get you to um, type that one yeah, out for me. Yeah, it's Glenn Morales uh, underscore design, but yeah, I'll, I'll send you a link. Cool, we'll have that link in the show notes, and big shout out again to Matt Lloyd, who's been helping me with the show notes and doing a wicked job. Um, it's just something that I can't find the time so having somebody give up some of their time to help support really 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 grateful for you matt for doing it thank you mate finally mate where can we follow you gareth uh well yeah i, I can give you bucks <laughs> details <laughs> you know on, on the web and instagram and i can send you all these links but buck.tv instagram buck underscore design and i you know i had a web presence garethobrien.com it's been down for a couple of years, but I'm, I think I think I might get back out there and, and put some work up. So um, I'll, I'll chuck you that link as well, just in case I I make good on that promise. Sweet, sweet. But you can uh, jump in the node Slack. Maybe uh, send Gareth a message. He might not respond. He's a busy guy, but who knows? No, I'll might. respond, dude. Hit me up on the Pro Video Podcast, like I'm in there. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was, I was going <laughs> to get there, bro. Going to get there. And of course, join the Pro Video Podcast Slack group, everybody. And you can talk to Gareth there, and you can talk to me, and you can talk to other really passionate people like Kerry Smith, and uh, the list goes on. The list is, and I'm always putting stuff out there that Gareth knows. Um, I'm looking for the cool bits, but putting them in the different channels. So if it's cinematography or 3D or After Effects, lots of tips, lots of inspirational videos and trying to trying to sort of get everyone to share a little bit more too with some daily things such as uh, uh, Wednesday whips, show us your work or uh, Thursday 
tech today. So sharing some scripts and the music Monday. That's my favorite day. We've got a Spotify uh, playlist now. And everybody who does a shout out of what songs they're liking, we chuck them into the Spotify playlist. And you can listen to this show on Spotify. So uh, yeah, Spotify. Love it. So be looking for a Spotify pick from you next week, Gareth. Chuck in there. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. Sweet. So what's Friday? Friday, Friday, Friday shout, Friday shout. So shout out some work, either yours or somebody else's done. Yeah. Also Friday shout, go and have a beer after work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, um, pro video podcast, we're on all the socials, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Slack, of course. So follow us there. Love to have you join the community. Maybe even put forward someone you think that would be a good guest, somebody who you admire, the work that you would like to hear about, the people you would like to hear about. One last question, and this is a new thing for me too, Gareth. Who would you recommend to come onto the show? Not counting Lucas or some of the other people we talked about, but yeah. Who I'm going to keep the Kiwi theme. I'm going to go with um, Greg Sharp. Cool. I went. Do you know who he is? I've definitely I, heard uh, his name. Yeah, I went to I went to uni with him at, at Massey, and he's has a new studio called Trumbler. He's based here in Sydney, and for oh, for some reason I'm blanking on his old studio, which you might be more familiar with. But amazing work, like really wild, but lots of cell stuff, lots of kind of adult swim style, you know, cool uh, work. Um, so you chat to him. He's a fascinating guy and an incredible artist. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm going to hit him up, and um, Greg, I'm hitting you up because Gareth told me to. <laughs> Thank that you. That was a curveball. I know. I'm, I'm mixing it up, man. Damn, <laughs> you're getting spicy towards your fiftieth. Yeah, <laughs> it's like oh, it's the teenage years. <laughs> yeah, I can just feel the confidence growing in you. <laughs> So awesome to have you on the show, bro. It's like it's been a long time in the making. So, so thank you so much for coming on today. Not a problem. I, I want to say thanks for all of the lovely, kind words you've said throughout the whole show. Um, it's you know really, really kind of you, and great to be here. And um, yeah, good luck. Hope you make it to a hundred. Thank you very much. And yeah, gonna ha- gonna be hitting you up in the future again when some projects awesome. come out. So love to have you on again in the future. Awesome. I'd love to be back. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, Gareth. And thank you guys and girls for listening. Yeah, really love this community. Jump into Slack. Hit me up there. And uh, yeah, till next week. Bye. Join the conversation on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Pro Video Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review on iTunes.